Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. We are recording this episode on April 20th, which in addition to being 420, we can talk about that later, Tara. <laughs> yes. We recently found out that a verdict was reached by the jury in the state of Minnesota against the killer of George Floyd, the former police officer, Derek Chauvin. Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, Second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk. Find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Bail is revoked, bond is discharged, and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the Hampton County Sheriff. We're adjourned. When you heard that the verdict was reached, Tara, before a verdict came down, what were you doing? What were you thinking? I uh, I saw the announcement that a verdict had been reached and they were going to read it maybe 30 minutes before the actual time. And, you know, I was nervous. I, I um, you know, I, I know that the expectation was that if it went a different way, that things were going to get pretty, pretty tough there. So it just, you know, that makes you nervous, too. And you want there to be, you know, justice for George Floyd's family and accountability for that man's actions and and you're hoping that it comes down on the right side or yeah, you're hoping it comes down on the right side. Yeah. You just said the word justice and that's a word that I've been thinking about a lot the last year, pretty much almost yeah. every day for the last year. And I was thinking about a quote from Benjamin Franklin who wrote that justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. And I thought that those words were very, appropriate and necessary to hear Mm -hmm. and to reread again, because there are a lot of us who were so outraged by George Floyd's murder. And now I can say his murder without getting some feedback from people. Yeah, exactly right. Right. His murder. Mm -hmm. So we go back to when it happened, which was now almost a year ago, Mm -hmm. 11 months ago, when George Floyd was murdered in the streets in public. On video. On video. Broad daylight. Yeah, with with a young girl who recorded the video, the courage she had to record this video and and to beg for his life. In those 11 months, we look and think about how many things have changed, Mm. right? We shared with the podcast family, we shared with you all last week that I started a new job this week. Mm -hmm. And the new job that I started is in the equity ecosystem. So I left the practice of law. Mm -hmm. And after George Floyd was murdered, that's when we started our nonprofit. Yes. About a week after George Floyd was killed, we started this nonprofit to start to advance these conversations around racial equity, focusing on parenting and, and how we could start to work in our communities to build safe and inclusive spaces and to create spaces and create a community where all of our kids, hearkening back to the words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, we're not judged on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. character, That's right. And then we talk about how this podcast was born out of George Floyd's murder. Same conversation. That's right. I was driving here tonight and I was thinking about 
the verdict, what that means. And I was thinking how, you know, a year ago, that event just changed everything, right? you know, in so many different ways. But especially for us, you know, I was like, man, this is like the catalyst that, you know, spurred on our friendship even further and started this podcast, started the nonprofit. I was thinking all the things that we've accomplished with Embrace Action. I mean, just I had a reflective moment, you know, like grateful that this story is wrapping up just as well as all of those activities have as well. You know what I mean? It's all kind of come to a conclusion that we can feel good about, better about, you know, I don't know what the words are. It, his family is not going to get him back. And, you know, a man is, is dead and, you know, there's no way to ever make that fully right for the people who loved him. You know, I just hope that everything I've done since then has tried to push us towards better endings for others. Yeah. You mentioned catalyst and the catalyst for so much conversation Mm -hmm. and so many conversations that I wasn't necessarily prepared to have. Right. And this podcast, like we had mentioned, was born out of, unfortunately, the murder of this this man. Um, Because when we all witnessed it, when we all watched this man cry out, for his mama. All of our hearts broke. And you and I had conversations a little bit afterwards. And we started to have these really honest, authentic conversations about how our perspectives are different. Yes. How our experiences can be different simply because of the color of the skin of the kids we're raising. Yeah. And, and for you and me, T, it's the fact that we're both raising adolescent boys, one black and one white. And with George Floyd's murder happening with me raising an adolescent black son who was home, who was home all the time because of COVID. (laughs) We just never left the house. Having to realize that in this moment, I had to have conversations with him. And a lot of mothers were reaching out to each other. We were reaching out to one another about how we could explain to our kids what was happening? Because for a lot of us, our kids were seeing this on YouTube, and on TikTok. Right. And we had to have conversations like, well, how can we explain to our kids about what's going on? Right. And do you remember what your conversations with Gage looked and sounded like uh, last year? Yes. Uh, I, uh, I mean, they were tough. He was seeing things on YouTube before I was able to sort of proactively address it. And... Um, you know, I just tried to use real words and real language, just like we are now. You know, I, I use the same language I use now that a man was murdered. There was a police officer involved. No one was able to stop it, you know, and people really upset. And then he and I had some conversations about, you know, racism and the history of this kind of event. This isn't, you know, the first time we've seen force from police officers that was unjust and fatal. And, you know, I didn't dig into every single incident and I didn't dig super deep because, you know, you just take it bites at a time. And I, unfortunately, I do have a little bit of privilege in doing that, but I did have an honest conversation with him about, you know, some people are, people are treated differently because of the way they look. Let's back up a second. You just mentioned privilege. For some, some reason, people feel triggered. Some people shut down when they hear the, <laughs> they hear the word right yeah. privilege. And some, pe- I've heard from people say, well, there is no such thing as white privilege because I've worked hard for everything. I right. Mm-hmm. And during a podcast episode last week when we were 
talking about Ramadan with Shazia Anwar two weeks ago. Yeah. We talked about privilege. Yes. And in the context that white privilege can mean that you don't have to have these conversations. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to that point, even though I had those conversations, there is still privilege in my conversation because my conversation doesn't have to be telling my son how to protect himself Mm. when he's walking around in the street. Right. Like we talked with Dr. Shazia, you know, and she was having to discuss with her children how they can, you know, protect themselves against people saying bad words to them or being mean to them. I'm having an educational conversation with my son, but I'm not having to protect him from this thing I'm telling him about. That is the difference. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is what it is. I, I try to be conscious of it and try to make sure he understands the difference as well. But I do recognize that I have it. Yeah. Then when you talk about, you know, your conversations with Roman, it's a different conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and for me, having that conversation with Roman at the time, he was 11 and a half last summer. And for the most part, we've talked about this often and frequently on the show. Roman is is sheltered. Yeah. He, we have created a world where we have purposefully tried to shelter him from um, negative experiences, right? We, right. Like we tried to shelter him. Like my husband and I both grew up in poor <laughs> and we both grew up in broken homes or quote unquote broken homes, single parent households with lots of love and, and our parents did the best they could with what they had. Mm-hmm. But we have made it so that Roman has economic privilege. Right. You know, we work hard to make sure that um, he is shielded and protected from certain things. We right. live in the suburbs and and we, we 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 go to spaces and we surround ourselves with people who we quote unquote would like to think are safe. Mm-hmm. And George Floyd's murder was yet another wake up call to me that it doesn't matter what car I drive. It doesn't matter how many degrees I have behind my name. It doesn't matter where I'm able to live in the house I live in. If a white person or any person sees my son's skin color as a threat, then he could potentially be a victim. And we can't all protect our kids in any instance. And I know that as moms, we want to protect our kids. That's just human nature. But here in America, and I think we can talk to some of our Canadian listeners because we have family or some of the podcast listeners in Canada who are listening. Any child of color whose skin color is determinative of how someone initially will react to them when Mm -hmm. they encounter them, it's hard to figure out, like, how do you teach that to your kid? How do you teach them what to do? How do you teach them when you see video evidence of if you don't comply with a police officer or someone who, you know, George Zimmerman, who thinks they may be a police officer, you know, or someone who who thinks that you don't belong somewhere. Or that they have the right to address you or accost mm -hmm, you because mm -hmm. of it. Yes, Right. Or, you know, with Ahmaud Aubrey, you aren't allowed, you're jogging down the street and we don't recognize you. Right. And if you run away from her, if you don't comply with those demands of those people, you could potentially be endangered. But then conversely, we see what happens with someone like George Floyd. Mm-hmm. It's like if you do what they say and you still comply, you can also still be endangered and That's be right. murdered. That's right. And so for me, it was realizing that I have to have this conversation with him, but I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to parent through this. Yeah. I don't know what to say and what to do. And that's something that I still sit with every day. Yeah. It's something that I still still struggle with. And I don't know 
what the answer is. Well, I won't sit across from you and (laughs) pretend like I know either. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. And, And we look at Derek Chauvin's guilty verdict today, which is not going to provide justice for George Floyd's family, for so many um, men of color mm. who were wrongfully killed. Um, but what it does is it starts to provide accountability. Yes. Yeah. And we go back to what I asked you at the very beginning of this episode, Tara. When you learned of the verdict and guilty on all counts, how did that make you feel? And, and what will you explain to Gage about the verdict? I felt... You know, I felt initially, I just felt relief, mm-hmm. you know, that I hate that we have to sit through this kind of event and know what the answer should be, but still not be certain that it's going to be that. Like, I I hate that we still have to sit through that kind of anxiety time and time again, hoping that everybody's going to come on the right side of this. Mm-hmm. So I felt, you know, just overall relief and I jumped on social media and, you know, saw a lot of my friends just breathing big sighs of relief and, you know, celebrating with them because I know that this feels differently to a lot of my friends of color, obviously. I mean, I feel relief, but I know that it goes much deeper than that for some of my some of my people that I love. And um, I, I think it's just a start. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just a start. I mean, like you said, it's about justice. It's about accountability, mm-hmm. not about justice. It's about holding someone accountable that I think for the most part, people have often not felt like they had to be held accountable for these types of actions because of a uniform they wear or a job that they hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like you read a quote from Benjamin Franklin about justice. And I was thinking about this quote from uh, Mahatma Gandhi about accountability, which is, you know, that it is wrong and immoral to seek to escape the consequences of one's acts. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I feel that for myself and I would only expect and hope that people can understand why so many believe that this was necessary and and do, you know? And then for Gage, I don't know if he's followed very closely with the trial. I've been in and out of it just because I watched the, you know, it's hard to go through it again, you know, during the testimony. I did watch some of the testimony and read some of it after the fact, but I didn't stay in there every day. I I just kind of followed along the timeline. But for him, you know, we'll revisit it. We'll talk about, you know, do you remember what we talked about last year and what happened? You know, the man who killed him has been found guilty and that's really good. And, you know, here's why it's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sort of a new thing. It's kind of (laughs) new. You know what I mean? Like unexpected. Right. (laughs) And here's why, you know, so we'll talk about it and just make sure that we're closing the loop on these conversations. So many times I think that these things happen and then we just let them kind of flail off into the sunset and settle back into what we know. And, you know, the murder of George Floyd was one of those turning points for me where I realized that maybe I had been not closing the loop on some things that I'd felt and seen and, and, uh, and, you know, thanks to you and embrace action and this podcast, it's, it's, um, and helped me continue to push and, you know, educate myself and fight this fight and stay at the forefront and not just settle back in. Yeah. For me, 
as I stated before, for a long time, I thought that it would be okay if I was kind of like um, like George Jefferson from the Jeffersons, <laughs> you know, moving on up, yeah, and um, and and that some sort of economic privilege would afford me some distance, um, some distance, and and a place in America, yeah, like some respect, right? Because of the the tension and the trauma of the last four years, starting in 2015, a lot of my confidence crumbled because I did realize that to a segment of people, it didn't matter (laughs) about um, who I was, the quality of who I was. Yeah. Because they, for a lot of people, all they saw was uh, she was a black woman. And, And what I started doing was taking my education and my and my voice and some wisdom that I have learned and my ability to code switch <laughs> because of my <laughs> fluency in lots of situations to be an educator to be um an advisor to be an advocate for equity right and to realize that there are times when we can step back but there are also times that we need to step up right there was no greater time than last year. And there was no greater reason than for my son to step up and keep on stepping up. Yeah, And so I moved into this space of being an uh, inclusion and belonging strategist and someone who works in the equity ecosystem full time with, you know, unpaid with the nonprofit and doing that volunteer work pretty much full time. Yeah. And then that led to this new career position. And, and my mom was like, I'm just glad you paid off your law school loans. <laughs> I said, me too. Can you imagine if I stopped being Start in a, t- a whole new career, not yeah. a lawyer, so paying law school. <laughs> People were like, I'm confused. So you're just not going to practice law anymore. Didn't you pay thousands of dollars to get it? I said, I sure did. Listen, I didn't want a lawyer, always a lawyer. Right. I don't call it my degree. I call it my receipt. I was like, I got <laughs> a very expensive receipts. A from very lots. expensive piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let's take a, a little bit of a deep dive as we back up into what you said about uh, the Gandhi quote mm-hmm. and escaping the consequences. Yes. For me, my heart hurt and I was clutching my pearls to realize that we were having a four-week trial for a murder that all of us saw. Agreed. Um, and then, like you said, my heart paused earlier today. And again, we are recording this podcast episode the day the verdict came out. Um my heart paused thinking that it was possible that some people on a jury may have thought that this man didn't commit murder because there was this, we're putting the victim on trial. Mm-hmm. And greater than what happened with George Floyd, there's the victim shaming that continues to happen. Yes. And not just to um, to George Floyd, not just to men of color, not but it happens with women. Yes. And we we have to look at why it is that underrepresented groups, that marginalized groups are the ones who are victim shamed. Right. And what we can do to change that. Right. Yeah. Why the narrative automatically becomes, well, they must have done something wrong mm-hmm. as opposed to this other group that did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why one justifies the other? Why, if somebody did do something wrong, did that particular action warrant murder? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right. Could both people have been wrong and still need to be held accountable? Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. So we think as, as, as yes, and, and we think as mothers, 
how we can have these conversations productively right. with our kids. Right. And because our sons are near the same age, I think that the content of our conversations will be somewhat similar. Again, the angle and the lens by with which we approach it is going to be different, yeah. obviously, because I hope and pray that your conversations are with Gage, as I, I kind of know they are, because <laughs> I know you. It's just, you know, don't make these assumptions. This right. is how you act because right. you use your position and the color of your skin for good. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, hopefully, we've talked about this over and over again, but yeah. I'm modeling that in a way so that I don't know that we've ever had to have that. Well, we've had it a little bit maybe about other things, right? Like, um, but he sees how I am and he behaves in kind. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, make rash judgments or assumptions just based on someone how when someone looks. Like we've had conversations about, you know, some friends with disabilities and how we just need to be conscious of some limitations and make sure we're bringing them along with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's never had to be like, I've never had to talk him down out of acting like that. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's always just been more like, hey, just pay attention. You know, that person needs a little extra attention when you're walking or hey, if you see somebody being hurt, you know, make sure you say something, see something, say something. We have those kind of conversations. Right. Yeah. I mean, we do have those conversations. We need to be cognizant of the fact that we as a community, we as a country, we as a world heard George Floyd call out and cry out for his mama. It says the breath was leaving his body. But his murderer, Derek Chauvin, also had a mother. Yeah. And so I question often why it is or how it is that people are raised to fear or to hate someone because of the color of their skin. Mm. Last summer, when Roman um, uh, was watching a TikTok video and he came running to my room and he said, mommy, mommy, crying hysterically. I said, what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, I have to leave because the Ku Klux Klan is coming to Mansfield and, and that's somewhere in Texas and they're coming and they said, all black people have to be worried. He, and he looked at me and tears were streaming down his face and he said, mommy, what's the Ku Klux Klan? Oh, and I, I said, oh my gosh, I've never even had this conversation with my son. Yeah. But I don't want him to start fearing people right. um, and thinking like all white people are bad. Right. Or, you know, right. and, but I, I realize and recognize that there are is a segment of a population that potentially is raising their kids to think that people they, are bad, not necessarily yeah. by what they say, right? Right, but also by their, their actions, own, their own internalized mm-hmm. biases and judgments mm-hmm. and decisions about what something means, and they're just laying that groundwork for their kids too. Yeah, without maybe without even realizing it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, you know. But there was a meme that came out: meme, 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 meme. It's meme, <laughs> meme. <laughs> no. No, I don't know what I'm saying. There was this meme that came out last year that was circulated among a lot of 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 white women that said, "I will teach my babies to love your babies." Mm-hmm. And mm. when I saw that, I got very upset. Yeah, and I talked to some of my white friends and I DM'd them, and they were like, "Why are you upset?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Because you don't have to teach your kids to love at all. Look at all of our kids naturally love one another." What you need to do is to teach your kids not to hate, not to discriminate, not to make 
false assumptions mm-hmm. or negative assumptions about yeah. other people that don't look like, act like, sound like them. Right. That's what parenting is. That's what parenting inclusively is. It's not about teaching your kids to love yeah. and saying things like I'm colorblind or we love all people. It's modeling it through the relationships that you have, the positive relationships that you have and the things and people that you're exposing your kids to Mm -hmm. and explaining and examining if you think that there are biases or stereotypes that you hold or that have crept into your heart or Mm -hmm. your mind, Mm -hmm. examining why that is and what we can do to do better because there is no reconciliation without truth. I agree. That's why, and that's also why you know, at every section, we say love is action. Love is action. Love is yes. action. I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I, um, I know that many people, and I think especially like as we've started this nonprofit, we've met a lot of women and a lot of moms too. And I think that they often mean well, mm-hmm. you know, that meme is intended to be hopeful and, you know, love conquer. We get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I think we've seen that this is not something we can just shine our Care Bear hearts and make it change. It's going to require work, you know, internal work, external work, feet on the ground, real work to change hearts, change vision, you know, help people uncover those things so that, uh, so that we can see the truth. I agree. Yes. Truth, accountability, action, hope, justice. Today was and is a day where we can all breathe, like you said, Mm -hmm. um, and exhale for the first time in a really long time. Start to inhale confidence and as we breathe out, realize that we still have work to do. Still have work so to keep do. That's on right. We got a lot <laughs> of work right. to do. Take your deep breath. Get your rest. And well, and you know, it's this is a great moment. And you know, we could spend another hour talking about some of the events of the last two weeks mm-hmm. that look very similar. Right. I mean, this is not this is not the last man of color that has been murdered by the police mm-hmm. since. George Floyd. I mean, he's not the last one. There's been several since. Mm-hmm. We've seen it over and over again. It's been a tough couple of weeks for that. To cap it off with this, I think, does help soothe that right. a little bit. Yeah. But there is work to be done. We have to keep pushing this forward. This is one moment that we we need to keep pushing. Definitely. We have not closed the door. We have not overcome. No. <laughs> we, we have a long ways to go. We will count the wins. We will we will <laughs> clock this win. No and show. we will keep on marching. <laughs> yes. But Tara's gonna keep on marching tomorrow because tonight <laughs> is 420 and Tara has a versus contest that she's about to get to. I do. It's Method Man versus Red Man. Oh my goodness. I know. I love it. It's like Swiss Beats and the versus Timbaland. And Tim, I my man, is no, it's Swiss Beats and Timbaland. And, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. See, my, maybe one of my, maybe my favorite producer of all time. Really? Oh, yeah. I would have thought it would have been like Rodney Darkchild. <laughs> I do like Darkchild, but Timbaland 
Oh, man, Timbaland and Magoo back in the day. Yes. I just can't. Like every song I loved in the 90s, I think, was, was Timbaland produced. So podcast family, if you were just tuning in to listen to us, Tara has this unhealthy re- obsession with a few things. <laughs> One of them is 90s hip hop music. That's right. The other is Zac Efron. I mean a little. So we just heard also Timbaland. that- oh, Timbaland. <laughs> we also just heard that Zac Efron recently split with his longtime girlfriend. So I just- I'm letting Tara's husband know. <laughs> Just keep her locked in because check her instant messages because she might be trying to. I'm gonna try to pull a Lizzo slide into slide his in DMs. DMs. That's right. He's single. No judgment from me. <laughs> no judgment from me at all. I like to end this with a, a little bit of humor because we have to continue to smile even in the darkest of times. We find joy in places, and for me, um, when I heard the verdict was coming out today, I didn't um, turn on the TV. I didn't look at my phone, I went to my now sixth grade son's school and I waited in line to pick him up, just knowing that being there for him and seeing him come out of the building as slow as possible. Girl, always, always as slow as possible. Slow. But that's what was going to bring me joy. I was trying not to be <laughs> a little bit of the regular, <laughs> just a little bit of the regular yes. in the day to day. Just today. At least he can be counted on mm-hmm. to be, uh, what's the word? Um, Consistently slow. Thank you. Consistent. Consistently (laughs) slow. But you know what? I'm going to take my time and every step he takes, be there with him and to continue to breathe alongside him. With that being said, podcast family, um, for our parents out there, take some time to breathe with your kids. Um, And if you have not, take some time to talk to them about what's going on um, in an age appropriate fashion. And, and listen, really listen to your kids and listen to our kids. We There's a lot of things that we can learn from them. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us for this conversation. This was not our planned topic, but we Is just ever. <laughs> <laughs> this one was just, I mean, we couldn't talk about anything else. I mean, this is the event that sort of changed it all for us. And and so I hope you enjoyed listening into our just off the cuff, straight up conversation today. You can join us each week. We do have great planned topics for you coming. So make sure you follow us on uh, all the listening platforms. Uh, leave us ratings and reviews. We love to read those and hear from you. Thanks for joining us for this one. It was a special We will be back next week, same time, same place. Remember, family, guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Take good care.